Over 200,000 of the homeless people in the United States of America are women and girls. The most needed and understocked item in homeless shelters, feminine hygiene products. Joy Road Media is proud to tell you about the Clean Love Project. The Clean Love Project's mission is to help women and young girls feel clean, loved, and empowered by distributing clean love kits to alleviate their hygiene needs. Go to thecleanloveproject.org to find out how you can help. The Clean Love Project focuses on the Metro Detroit area, but it also distributes kits worldwide. If you are a female in need of a clean love kit, go to thecleanloveproject.org and request one today. Joy Road Media is a proud supporter of The Clean Love Project at thecleanloveproject.org. This is Ryan Fused. And this is Amanda Welzine. And you made me watch Santa's Sleigh. So we are not Mike and Allison. We are not Angie and Marty. We are Ryan and Amanda. We are from Dead Waves, also from Joy Road Media. And we are joined here today with our friend, Chris Morgan. I actually am Mike and Allison. They've, they've merged into one being, and that's me. Oh, oh that explains whoa. so much. I'm both of them. Man, thanks for having me. And apologies to Mike and Allison for uh, already ruining their podcast that they're not even here for. <laughs> apologies aside, I guess, Ryan, you have an apology. I do have an apology. Um, I would like to sincerely apologize to both you, Amanda and Chris, for um, suggesting the 2005 holiday movie Santa's Sleigh starring Bill Goldberg. I watched it shortly after it came out, have not seen it in over a decade, and then revisiting it. Wow, it is so much worse than I remembered. And I had never seen it before. We had actually, we were watching trailers for something, you and I, and it just, it came up and it was instantaneous. I need to watch this. And then it just so happened that, you know, we were talking to Mike about, you know, let's maybe do Santa Slay if you want to do a Christmas episode. And now here we are. Yeah, uh, I was actually familiar with it conceptually. I was aware that uh, Bill Goldberg, the professional wrestler, had uh, starred in a movie where he played Santa and that it was some sort of horror film. And my ass- assumption was it was, you know, of substandard quality based on this fact <laughs> that, you know, Bill Goldberg is no, you know, Dwayne Johnson or even a uh, a rowdy Roddy Piper on the, the charisma front. His shtick was not having charisma in professional wrestling. It was... <laughs> beating a bunch of people and, uh, you know, uh, not talking. So I was aware of it. I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that movie when it was, you know, mentioned to me as something to watch. And then, you know, but I had not seen it. And then I was like, oh, great, it's on Peacock. Uh, so people are, you know, listening and want to watch Santa Slay. You can watch it on, on, on the Peacock when you're not watching that Saved by the Bell reboot or what have you. <laughs> uh, it, that's that's where you can watch it. And uh, why don't we go ahead and get into the one minute recap here. Uh, prior to recording, we randomly chose who was going to have to do it. And it's me. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this is your a... retribution. Yeah. No, I I deserve this 
Santa Slay is a movie starring a bunch of Jewish people that are pretending to celebrate Christmas and get killed by a very, very buff Jewish person dressed up as Santa Claus. The movie begins with characters that we will never see again for the remainder of the film getting brutally murdered by jolly old Saint Nick himself. He comes down, actually looks kind of badass in the costume that they made up for him, kills a whole bunch of people in a slightly slapsticky, comedic-y way. Uh, throughout the movie, the main character is eventually revealed and his grandpa is absolutely supposed insane and is some conspiracy theorist saying that Santa Claus is going to kill all of us. He was right, as you would imagine. Winds up that the grandfather was actually an angel who had made a bet with Santa Claus, who was actually the son of Satan, saying that if he lost a game of curling, he would have to spend a thousand years being nice to people. A thousand years ended. It is now 2005. He does a lot of killing. They eventually figure out how to solve the problem. Sort of, kind of, in a way. Uh, the movie ends. Santa doesn't have a sleigh anymore and he boards a plane. And that's my minute. Okay. Whew. I think that was pretty succinct. It was, it was solid. It, okay. It, you know, there's there's a lot more to unpack in this this motion picture, but that that does sum it up pretty nicely. You know, evil Santa, Nordic mythology stuff, mm-hmm. um, boring leads that aren't any of the famous people. Right. All the famous people crammed into the first five minutes of the film. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, primarily that was I was wild when I saw the cast. That was the primary thing I was like, because I was like, oh yeah, you know, it's like a Bill Goldberg starring like horror movie like about Santa. I was not expecting to recognize anybody else in the film. So when the opening sort of like cold open, so to speak, of the film featured Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan, <laughs> James Caan, who has like, you know, I think been nominated for Oscars and, you mm-hmm. know, is, uh, you know, from, you know, uh, his litany of films, you know, he's sitting there while Chris Kattan's, you know, fingering Fran Drescher. And uh, <laughs> that's where the movies begins. And then, you know, it was, uh, I was like, wow. Because okay, this this is not just some really, you know, cheap. I mean, it's a cheap, you know, movie. It's like a shitty horror film, but it was yeah. not what I thought it would be. And then you know, when you get to the actual film, and you see some Saul Rubinick as a Jewish deli owner who is uh, killed with a menorah. Also, uh, <laughs> Ryan's brother Mike <laughs> looks a lot like my brother Mike. Yeah, and then uh, the grandfather played by uh, Robert Culp, the uh, who. Uh, was the murderer on three episodes of Columbo huh. and uh, may have won an Emmy for I Spy. He's the uncanceled member of the old uh, TV show I Spy. Huh. Uh, oh, so okay. He, I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, you know, he's like a, I was like, oh, shit, Robert Culp's in this. And yeah, he had like, you know, a, sign, a sizable role, the most sizable role of the recognizable uh, actors mm-hmm. uh, in the film. Because like you said, yeah, that first scene is just like, oh, we're going to kill all these people off. A bunch of Drew Barrymore's in Scream as it were but you know instead it's like Fran Drescher getting her hair burnt off with some poor CGI yeah and then it you know then it became you know the movie about the kid whose name I don't remember and his uh, girlfriend Mac and all all that stuff what was the kid's name oh no I I can't remember he was a zero as a lead yeah he's the least interesting character the worst actor and he was the ostensible lead uh, I know his real name is Douglas Smith because I remember I was like looking to see where people were being billed in the film. I was like, I wonder if we're gonna get like billing on like James Conn or whatever. Nicholas Yulson. Nicholas. Nicholas. Thank Nicholas. you. Yeah, that yes. makes sense for this Christmas film. Uh. Oh, um, and if you weren't entirely aware, this did take place in Hell, Michigan. Oh yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. If it- With. Production and just people in charge that I guarantee you have never set foot inside of Michigan once in their lives. Mm-hmm. 
and it was really interesting because I've I've been to Hell, Michigan. I used to fish, you know, right at the dam. So I've I am familiar with the area and I'm just like, man, this is <laughs> I don't know what sort of idea they have of Hell, Michigan, but it's not this. It's yeah i mean my guess is just like it was like oh yeah it's a place called hell so well you know also dave thomas is in this movie i forgot to say sctv (laughs) dave thomas plays a corrupt preacher who spends time at a a strip club and uh gold diggers yeah with with uh tess tickler uh (laughs) the featured she was on the marquee she's the featured act that evening uh and he hangs out with the two strippers who uh were actresses who weren't doing nudity all the other strippers are running around they're all topless but Mm -hmm. the ones that actually do acting alongside (laughs) dave thomas to do business were uh then we not sign any nudity clause nudity clause the santa claus's um exhibitionist brother (laughs) (laughs) a very uh unique experience to us watching this movie because we did watch it for free on peacock but mm-hmm. that meant that it was ad-supported. Mm-hmm. And they got to the scene where the preacher was uh, listing off the names of all the strippers <laughs> who had passed, or been killed by Santa, I guess, to not be subtle about it at all. And it immediately cut to an ad, because there was no <laughs> warning that an ad was coming. Right. The the ad breaks were awful. Yeah. 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 So he's listing off all these names in the middle of the list. An ad comes <laughs> up, and I forget who the person was, but she introduced herself. And I was just kind of like, oh, that's a, that's a strange name. And it took me about five seconds. I was like, oh, no, we're in an ad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was very clever. I don't know if it was planned or not, but good I on you, Peacock. <laughs> this is my new conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> that somebody's picking, like, you know, what ads to show during Santa Slayer or whatever. It's not, you know, any sort of dynamic uh, advertising process or whatever. It's every ad is hand-selected for every, you know, their entire... Uh, catalog on on peacock that's the peacock promise it was like a low-level illuminati thing that they have to do you know to go up a rank that's what it is also yes you've been to hell michigan uh how many jewish delis were up there (laughs) absolutely none there was more diversity in this movie than there is in hell michigan yeah because there was one black guy that they played hip-hop music when they uh, introduced him, and they said, yep. "Oh, you're not from around here." He said, "Ah, I wanted to get out of the hood." I believe it was the actor Tiny Lister. It was Tiny yes, Lister, absolutely. Was. Who was the exact kind of actor who would take any role at any time <laughs> for money? Oh, he has been in some of my favorite bad movies. Yeah, he was an actor who would just take. I uh, actually the uh, podcaster slash TV personality Scott Ackerman. Uh, hmm. He would he would tell for a while a story about somebody who was on his show, but he would not name names who was just like a total asshole and just like showed up, got out of his car and like started yelling at like the PA for like a chicken Caesar salad sandwich. And then when they were like, uh, he's like talking to Scott, like between scenes or whatever. And he was like, uh, so uh, how'd you get into acting and whatever? He's like, well, you know, after college, he's like, oh, uh, college boy, huh? And then the guy said, then Scott was like, oh, so how'd you get acting? And the, this guy said, uh, I just looked up the uh, highest paying jobs and actor was on there so I decided to become an actor and then when Tiny Lister died Scott Ackerman revealed that it was him who was the guy who was like a nightmare on the set just oh, a total wow. asshole to deal with and apparently just got into acting to uh, make money huh. and also he's in a professional wrestling film where he played Zeus in No Holds Barred opposite Hulk Hogan so he's got a tie to wrestling as well. I believe he's also then got into wrestling in World Championship Wrestling where's where Bill Goldberg made his name in the 90s. Oh, that is true. So as an actor, though, I would say his uh, range is limited. Bill Goldberg, uh, he's not necessarily, I don't think, you know, it's not a surprise he didn't become the next Dwayne Johnson. Uh, you know, I don't know if he's done any acting after this, but uh, even his limited line readings were uh, substandard for an actor, I would say. But on par, I think, for a WCW era wrestler. Chris Jericho, he was in McGruber. Oh, was he? 
and he has a cameo in that motion huh. picture. And then he was the host of Downfall, the game show where stuff fell off the roof. Oh. Yeah. It's like you had a bunch of things you could win, and then like as like it was on a conveyor belt, and then like the longer it took you to answer the questions or what have you, more stuff you could have won would fall off the roof to the ground and and break and stuff like that. Man, capitalism rocks. <laughs> Not to be confused with Downfall, the uh, Bruno Gantz starring film where he plays Hitler. That gave us the the probably Hitler's most memeable moment is uh, is from that film. He's in his many memeable moments. I think Hitler's also the one who said, "I can as cheeseburger." So. Santa's sleigh. So yeah, Santa so that sleigh. movie starring uh, Bill Goldberg about a murderous Santa Claus. You know, you've apologized to me repeatedly for making me watch this. And I'd like to one more time, uh, Chris, Amanda, I am so sorry that I recommended this movie. I had fun watching it. I enjoyed myself. I, you don't have to apologize to me. I thought I had fun. It was, it was a, it's a bad movie for sure. Mm-hmm. But I was definitely uh, amused by the experience of watching it. I okay. I, I, I had fun. It was, you know, bad in a largely enjoyable way. Yeah. It's trick because, like, the thing is, like, you know, it's trying to be like a horror comedy, so it's trying to be funny. And anytime it's trying to be funny, it falls completely flat. Oh, it's, yes. Absolutely. It's not funny at all. Like, uh, the police captain's last name is Cock. Oh, there was that yes. whole thing. And uh, Dick Zucker. Dick Zucker. Was yeah. There. And uh, mm-hmm. instead of Norad, they have Gonad. Gonad. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, also, I love the fact that the chat with gonad was aol instant messenger <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah should, and then as for his age you know two thirds or one third of the holy triumphant of aol instant messenger of age sex location yeah <laughs> uh, you only got uh, to the age part and i guess maybe well said, they knew the other two they're uh they're no rat or gonad i should say oh, true. yeah mm. yeah but you know, the actual comedy is not f- funny at all no and like no. uh I, Dave Thomas did the most with his role, I think, of trying to. He kind of got a little bit out of uh, of humor out of that, but like, and uh, there's some definitely some like uh, jokes that are uh, not politically correct or what have you. I think of uh, one line from James Caan in particular in the beginning, what he, what he says to Chris Kattan, and then also uh, what um, she Mac gives her uh, apparent boyfriend, which I wasn't completely sure, uh, you know. Even when they would say they were like together as a couple, like it didn't, I've re- never really read that way. Even when they yeah. kissed at the end, yeah. But like when she gives him that transformer and she thinks he thinks it's a gun, and uh, his uh, his response to that is also uh, not ideal in my modern times. Right? <laughs> yeah, there was a lot yeah. that hasn't aged great in that movie. Uh, also, the um, names of the Jewish guys, that the yes. rabbis come by. <laughs> And their names are like Shlomo and shit. Shlomo. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So the comedy is bad and like mm-hmm. kind of like groaning, but like otherwise I was entertained by like the cheesiness of like the horror stuff. And like, yeah. it's all, it's bad, but like bad in a way that was, I found to be largely entertaining. So I, it was not like a schlog to sit through watching right. this film. Right. And honestly, I think, no joke, the movie could have dealt with less plot line and I think more just nonsensical Santa killing. That's kind of what I was expecting. Yeah. It was a little odd to go, because like you did have like that first scene where it's just like, you know, drowning someone like an eggnog. Yeah. And oh, kicking that poor dog. Like, <laughs> That's right. Oh, that poor That's the first thing that happens. God. Like some like song starts playing, some like one of the uh, cheaper Christmas songs they could, you know, get for the film. <laughs> and yeah, the first thing that Santa does is like kick that dog. And you know that scene ends with him slamming James Caan down onto a turkey leg, after he'd been complaining about how dry the turkey was. And then you know, um, 
Fran Dresser talks about like foreplay and moistness and all this stuff. And it's like, oh, all these people are awful. And it's like a uh, Chris Kattan's here. So, you know, <laughs> we're in safe hands. Chris and then like, yeah, that was sort of like the movie. Like if it kept it being like a, that sort of movie and the parts of that movie that were like that were the parts that were like fun. And then like when, you know, Nicholas is just like, you know, trying to have sincere conversations with Mac or whatever. Uh, it's, uh, you know, less good. Although I enjoyed when it turned out that the, uh, the angel was, uh, you know, his, uh, his grandfather was an angel. I also enjoyed the animation, the stop motion animation thing. Oh I, yeah. Yes. That was actually a very clever. Yeah. They, and I, they, I hate to damn this movie with any <laughs> praise, but it was a clever scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was like sort of like fun sort of rank and vest sort of exactly. like cheap yeah. animation. Yeah. And like they got the tone of like that right or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so yeah, I mean like the movie was not like, entirely incompetent i wouldn't say it's incompetent really it's like bad like the comedy is like incompetent by and large like the joke writing you know they could maybe hired somebody to uh you know take a pass on the script and maybe punch it up or what have you but Mm -hmm. uh it's it's not like they didn't know how to like shoot a movie it wasn't like one of those movies where like all these people have no idea what they're doing like they were like you're professionals they just made a ridiculous like cheesy you know christmas horror comedy that uh you know probably did not you know deliver on the level they were hoping for let me pose this question then to the two of you um if we were to take the casting of the movie and replace the role of santa claus with any wrestler alive (laughs) or dead who would you pick oh boy it's not a wrestler but my mind immediately went to tommy Wiseau for whatever reason (laughs) 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 see i'm not too familiar with wrestling so i'm really trying like obviously i know who you know, Hulk Hogan is. Mm-hmm. Um, Who did a Christmas movie himself? He did, Santa, Santa with, with Muscles. With the young Mila Kunis. Yep. Huh, okay. Which I've actually, never... I think we should have watched that one instead, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> but I, don't, I feel like this is a funner watch than Santa with Muscles, personally. I mean, that movie's, you know, bad in its own way, and it's also bad in its ridiculous way. But I feel like this is like a, a funner, sort of, also more sort of like bonkers watch. That's just more like a bad, like, kind of like Christmas movie with like Garrett Morris and, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan. Oh, that's uh, fair. Yeah. Like, you know, in terms of like entertainment value, I think there's more in Santa's sleigh. Sure. Yeah. I would have cast Barry Horowitz uh, as Santa Claus, the uh, one of the wrestlers known, noted for his J- Jewishness. Uh, you could have cast, although he's not the right size for it. I looked up a picture, but okay. Yeah, I can see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Randy Savage. I was. I've been Ooh, yeah. thinking Randy Savage this He's whole time. He's got the hair, like just. Oh, and there would have been a scene where he would turn to the camera and went like, "Ho, ho, ho, yeah." Could, well, of course, yeah. um, uh, Bill Goldberg when he goes into the strip club says, "Ho, who's ho, next?" Ho, and then uh, as he as he uh, grabs a you know topless stripper and kisses her because they're under the mistletoe, and then of course the the, the security guards try and beat him up and what have you, and they can't do it, and also the reindeer ate the valet. Was it a reindeer? They kept he kept like, like calling it his. It wasn't like a reindeer, but he kept calling it like that. Some sort yeah, of it was beast sort of thing. Yeah, right. I got massive Appa vibes from uh oh, from yeah. Avatar. He looked like a flying bison. He did. He was very bison esque. I was just thinking more wrestlers you could you could cast um, <laughs> Leon White, aka Vader, aka Big Van Vader. Uh, you could cast John Tenta, aka Earthquake. Uh, A.K.A. Shark, A.K.A. Golga of the Oddities, when the Insane Clown Posse had infiltrated the world of professional wrestling. <laughs> All uh, right, so we've had Goldberg. What about Gold Dust? 
Oh, Dustin uh, Rhodes, aka Gold Dust. Uh, I, I mean, I, he's not, you know, but again, like this is not like your traditional Santa Claus. He's he's kind of jacked, so like he's like a jacked claw. So if you're if you're getting jacked professional wrestling, sort of like big guys, you could see rocking that sort of beard. I'm trying to think of any wrestlers that have any like charisma, like whatsoever. <laughs> okay, <laughs> how about what about China? I oh if we're gonna Joey go for Lord. like if we're gonna yeah if we're gonna you know go and uh, do a gender bend thing now that would be an interesting movie Mrs Claus yeah I think that would be. oh there's your sequel yeah. oh there we she's go. out for revenge yeah although <laughs> Santa Claus it should be known does not die in this film correct that is true he just dresses like a guy going to Sturgis <laughs> and, and gets on a plane like apparently a direct flight to the North Pole. With his uh, bag, his Santa bag, and he's dressed up like a, a biker. He's lost his power, but apparently the re- reindeer can still fly. So, or whatever that that beast is, which is uh, shot out of the air by a bazooka yep. by Max's yeah. uh, father, who's a big time hunter. And uh, there's a dude who talks uh, through a, a neck thing because of his smoking. Mm-hmm. And I believe the joke was that he got that bazooka for him by saving up cigarette points or whatever yeah it's yeah. like what equivalent of marlboro cash or what it was called you. uh llama cigarettes in the movie oh mm. like a camel yeah but spittier that's what the tagline probably <laughs> is for those cigarettes probably yeah and whatever the equivalent of joe camel is like you know joe llama joe llama so satisfying that there's 20 of them in a box of llama cigarettes i also want to point out while we're talking about like that whole end scene <laughs> um max brother all of a sudden was like part of that group yeah. that they had flown oh by. yeah just like they were all just randomly there all the people that they magically needed yeah. to explode <laughs> this reindeer yeah they're all just like shooting their guns and stuff like that who i don't i i know like her father was mentioned as being like this hunter because like he he uh killed the wolverine yeah. that she gave to max uh grandfather the uh the angel guy who's also very kind of a doc brown-esque sort of guy he looked yes. a lot like christopher his, lloyd his, uh, yeah his inventions and what have you yeah there's that was like the whole thing but i don't maybe her brother was mentioned i don't remember he just sort of was like oh yeah it's uh my sister mac and her boyfriend who uh rode that ski do or whatever over us earlier in the in the chase scene with uh great cgi explosions yeah that cgi sleigh with santa <laughs> in it just yeah. Very 2005. Very much, yeah. It was, especially with the music, it was really a time <laughs> capsule of 2005. It w- Yeah, it was. I didn't mind the music of the film, though, all things considered. Like, it wasn't like, you know, like, they're not like notable songs. I couldn't tell you any artists that, you know, did any of them. They're all, you know, probably even a sub-Buck Cherry level of musician. But, wow. Uh, I loved, uh, when they were passing the bills around, you could see the uh, Detroit D. yeah. Yeah, they made sure to like hold on it just yeah. a little bit longer too, just to make sure that you caught it. Like just enough things in there to let you know, like, hey, we've at least read about Michigan. Yeah, mm-hmm. we know a city in Michigan, and uh, yeah. also he was wearing a Flynn. Nick was wearing a actually a pretty cool, but even large for a hockey jersey, Flynn Flom Bombers jersey, <laughs> which is a mm-hmm. uh, some. It's a junior hockey team in some league. I can't say for sure, but I I thought that was pretty cool hmm. that he he had that is. Uh, you know, he showed some fashion sense uh, for 
one fleeting moment in his life there <laughs> when he wore that flim flam bombers jersey nick did get a lot of grief for just not being the the quickest <laughs> or uh anything because there was that one line when they are sneaking into the school and mac is like you're gonna have to push me down and like he's just holding his hands you know and she's just like do i have to make the first move every time i'm like oh that's kind of where <laughs> yeah that's after I, he couldn't break the window and she had to break it but in the end he's ostensibly our hero uh sure it, is it really him though is he the real hero or is it really max dad i mean it's uh, max dad ultimately because he yeah pulls the trigger he pulls the trigger Nick and whistled uh, like that's and, literally it but he's you know he's our our, our protagonist and he gets sure. to, he gets to kiss her at the end and like you know he's the one who's like knew the story and was like the one being like oh no santa's real and he's coming to kill us my grandfather wasn't crazy so he's sort of the protagonist quasi hero but he's not the most effective in terms of his his heroism which i mean you know makes sense given he's just some random 16 year old kid he did shoot santa claus with a, a nut from a superpower nutcracker that, that is his, true his grandfather oh, yeah had made. yeah so he did that but did he do anything else I uh, shot him with a shotgun at one point. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, he learned how to use a gun and, yep. and from from Mac because he wasn't he wasn't a gun guy. She was all she was all very gun focused and gun heavy. You know, probably some militia members in that family up there <laughs> in you know northern Michigan. Uh, he uh, he he did drive that snowmobile, but he also got shit for that from Mac about how she's gonna drive next time. He comforted her when she was suddenly scared and uh, tried to uh, emote. Which was a little beyond what the actress could do. And listen, I also looked her up after the film because her name looked familiar, and she's been in things. Oh, she yeah? was on Lost. She was on Roswell. Oh, oh. damn! Uh, she's done some stuff. She was also 24 when she made this film. Are you serious? But she was playing no. teenagers at the time. She also, oh, she's also the same year she played Joseph Gordon Levitt's girlfriend in the uh, Ryan Johnson's noir film Brick. Hmm. Oh, which is a great movie, and she's good in that. So I was surprised. The same year she did that, she just you know did like a C minus effort in in this film. But she was playing a high school in that too. So she was one of those actors, I guess, who like was just playing you know much younger than her age. Yeah, there's that, and I think she did a great job with her acting. I think it was really just like the writing that wasn't yeah. good. Also, she's Australian, so she had to do oh. a, an American accent. So you got to throw that in the mix, too. So she's trying to emote poor lines that were written for her while also doing an American accent. So, yeah, you know, shout out to Emily de Ravine or however you pronounce it, because uh, she, you know, she did her best, you know, op- acting opposite the least notable of the main actors and the one who definitely did the worst job. Like the guy who's <laughs> like, you know, the hero is the one guy like I don't recognize from anything else, don't recognize his name. Did a bad job. I was going to say, did you look him up afterwards? I didn't. I probably should have. I was, you know, doing other things. There's always time. Okay. So apparently he has been in things. Oh. He was like in The Bye Bye Man. He was in Percy uh, Jackson. Oh, he's a Percy Jackson guy. Yes. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So it, it looks like he's he has huh. been in things. Really. Okay. Since. Good to know. Actor in 57 different things. Oh, wow. The, 57 the more than me. It's right. The Heinz. Big Little Lies. Yeah, so it seems okay. like... Okay, yeah, maybe he got better. I wonder if he was like an actual teenager at the time. Maybe. And then he's just, you know, he's learning the craft. You know, the fruza bulk of it all. The it cra- it could have been. You know, and, but you know, getting to work with your Robert Culp's and your Saul Rubinick's. You know, it can only help. I mean, Saul Rubinick was in, uh, I think, one episode of Shit's Creek. So hmm. 
He's also he's in other stuff. Yeah. Um, he was twenty. Okay. When, when really? This was out. Mm. Yep. Wow. Wow. Eighty-five. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I guess I feel better about the fact they kiss at the end then, because if he was like it's actually like a sixteen-year-old or whatever, oh yeah, and he's kissing like a twenty-four-year-old, it's like yeah, it was a chase a kiss, weird. but. It's still weird. Like that one episode of Seinfeld where um, Mr. Lippman's kid has his like bar mitzvah and then kisses Elaine. That was always weird to me. That yeah. he just like, like they had that like teenage actor like planning a kiss on Julia Louis-Dreyfus. That's also the show where they did like an episode where they tried to justify George and like Jerry ogling Denise like Richards is like teenage character. Oh yeah, that's so, right. You know they've got they've you know Seinfeld sometimes has some some weird politics. It does. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm not too familiar with Seinfeld, so. Oh man, yeah. Seinfeld's such a good show. <laughs> Th- these two examples don't necessarily <laughs> yeah. color it as the yeah. best. I was going to say, are you sure? <laughs> oh, great show! Great yeah. show. So I guess do we have any uh, final thoughts on the Bill Goldberg <laughs> holiday horror film Santa Slay? I think I agree with Chris. It wasn't a good movie, but it it was good in a bad way. Okay, I think. Okay, like I don't think I'm gonna watch it again for a long time because I don't really need to. Nah, but it it was for the most part enjoyable. I think up until like the last thirty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Because that's when I was just kind of like... But, yeah, on that front, should I also say it's only 77 minutes long? It felt so <laughs> much longer. It did. But yeah, it's a super short film. You know, it's barely like feature length. Yeah. So it's not like a big time commitment or what have you. So I was relieved when I saw that. I was like, okay, I got to get this movie. Oh, great. Only 77 minutes. There's literally episodes of Columbo that are longer than that. Like, yeah. you know, there's like super-sized episodes of Game of Thrones that are probably longer than <laughs> oh, that. Oh, yeah. For sure. My final th- thoughts would be like, yeah, because like, you know, I mean, I've seen like, you know, because somebody's like, you know, has seen like every episode of Mystery Science Theater 3000 would have you like, I've seen bad movies that are just like bad. They're like chores to get through. Even like mm-hmm. on a show like that where there's like jokes being added to them, I would never just like watch them for like fun because they're just like slogs. They're like incompetent. They're boring. Yeah. Uh, Santa Slay is definitely not boring. It's, 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 you know, it's not, you know, good. And then the comedy, you got to sort of grit your teeth through. And sometimes, you, you know, you get a little bit of a groan that's sort of like, you know, it's like entertainingly and it's like badness, even in the comedy. But people that are notable in the cast. It's kind of like fun to see them in like this sort of mess. And it is like, you know, like, I mean, a horror comedy. I feel like horror comedy is like the genre with like the lowest bar to clear for entertainment. For sure. Yeah. So it's like there's some like horror stuff in it. And like, it's not like that. It's not like super gory. So it's not like that sort of thing. And like, there's like the kills are kind of like silly. I mean, this is a movie where you could say Bill Goldberg as a murderer, Santa spears Saul Rubinick inside a deli. That alone means it's not a movie lacking value. I agree. I think everyone should watch it at least once. Just give it a shot. I mean, I guess what I'll say is it's 77 minutes. What have you got to lose? You can watch that cold open sort of thing with like James Caan and Fran Drescher and all those people. And if you see, watch that, and like you're like, oh, I, this does nothing for me. You can just like turn it off. The cold open is a really good way to like gauge whether or not you're going to enjoy the rest of the movie. So at least check that out. There's also an old lady who's really mean, and uh, <gasps> oh yeah, she in the dies. Deli. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, says like, oh, why don't you just say Merry Christmas to me? And then uh, she gets run off the road by Santa Claus. Who says to her, move, bitch, get out the way. Yes. <laughs> that might be my favorite part. Like, it makes me think of every time I've seen an old woman I just want to <laughs> yell at. 
felt good. All right. And now that we've touched upon um, abuse of the elderly, uh, thank you for listening to You Made Me Watch. Uh, once again, I'm Ryan Fust. I'm Amanda Welzine. And I'm Chris Morgan. I was the guest. And this was You Made Me Watch Santa Slay. <laughs>